Check, check. We're on to chapter 10 of The Wonderful Lizard of Oz. Um, if you remember last time, the, the lion was about to die in a field of deadly poppies. And the Tin Woodsman just dunked on him for being a coward. Remind me not to let the Tin Woodsman speak at my funeral. That's all I have to say. Where were we? Chapter 10, The Queen of the Field Mice. Did I even push record? Yes, I did. Perfect. We cannot be far from the road of yellow brick now, remarked the scarecrow as he stood beside the girl, for we have come nearly as far as the river carried us away. The tin woodman was about to reply when he heard a low growl, and turning his head, which worked beautifully on hinges, I'm sure it did, he saw a strange beast come bounding over the grass towards them. It was indeed a great yellow wildcat, and the woodman thought it must be chasing something, for its ears were lying close to its head and its mouth was open wide, showing two rows of ugly teeth, while its red eyes glowed like balls of fire. Oh no. As it came nearer, the tin woodsman saw that running before the beast was a little gray field mouse, and though he had no heart, he knew it was wrong for the wildcat to try to kill such a pretty, harmless creature. So... The tin woodsman raised his axe, and as the wildcat ran by, he gave it a quick blow that cut the beast's head clean off from the body, and it rolled over at his feet in two pieces. Wait, this is a this is a children's book? I actually, I've heard that children listen to this podcast, which surprised me because I figured it would be more like literary critics and academics. So I will have to rethink my marketing strategy a little bit. I had been planning to do a lot more like toilet humor, uh... That's more a thing academics like, and I don't know if, if that's good for children. Anyway. The field mouse, now that it was free from its enemy, stopped short, and coming slowly up to the woodman, it said in a squeaky little voice, Thank you ever so much for saving my life. Don't speak of it, I beg of you, replied the woodman. Let me guess he's going to speak of it. I have no heart, you know, so I am careful to help all those who may need a friend, even if it happens to only be a mouse. Again, why is he just dunking on the mouse for being a mouse? Now I forgot what voice I did for the, for the mouse. Only a mouse, cried the little animal indignantly. Why, I'm a queen, the queen of all the field mice. Well, that's embarrassing. <clears throat> oh, indeed, said the woodman, making a bow. Therefore, you have done a great deed as well as a brave one in saving my life, added the queen. At that moment, several mice were seen running up as fast as their little legs could carry them, and when they saw the queen, they exclaimed, Oh, your majesty, we thought you would be killed. How did you manage to escape the great wildcat? And they all bowed their heads so low to the little queen, that they almost stood upon their heads. This funny tin man, she answered, killed the wildcat and saved my life. So hereafter you all must serve him and obey his slightest wish. Oh no, <laughs> this could be bad. We will, cried all the mice in a shrill chorus. And then they scampered in all directions, for Toto had awakened from his sleep, and seeing all the mice around, he gave one bark of delight and jumped right into the middle of the group. Toto had always loved to chase mice when he lived in Kansas, and he saw no harm in it. Okay, but do the mice? Let's think about, let's think about them. But the tin woodman caught the dog in his arms and held him tight, 
Well, he called to the mice, Come back, come back. Toto shall not hurt you. At this, the queen of the mice stuck her head out from a clump of grass and asked in a timid voice, Are you sure he will not bite us? I, w I will not let him, said the woodman. So do not be afraid. One by one, the mice came creeping back, and Toto did not bark again, although he tried to get out of the woodman's arm and would have bitten him if he had not known very well that he was made of tin. Okay, so it sounds like he would bite. Finally, one of the biggest mice spoke. Is there anything we can do? It asked. To repay you for saving the life of our queen. Nothing that I know of, answered the woodman. But the scarecrow, who had been trying to think, but could not because his head was stuffed with straw, said quickly, Oh, yes, you can save our friend, the cowardly lion, who is asleep in the poopy bed. <laughs> Sorry, the poppy bed. A lion? cried the little queen. Why, he would eat us all up. Oh, no, declared the scarecrow. This lion is a coward. <laughs> Asked the mouse. Ah, a talking mouse. He says so himself answered the scarecrow, and he would never hurt anyone who is our friend. If you will help us save him, I promise that he shall treat you with kindness. Very well, said the queen. We will trust you, but what shall we do? Are there many mice which call you queen and are willing to obey you? Oh, yes, there are thousands, she replied. Oh, a rodent infestation. This is... This is getting all ratatouille in here. Then send for them to come along here as soon as possible, and let each one bring a long piece of string. The queen turned to the mice that attended her and told them to go at once to get all her people. As soon as they heard her orders, they ran in every direction as fast as possible. Now, said the scarecrow to the tin woodman, you must go to the trees by the riverside and make a truck. Sorry. What? That will carry the lion. Make a, make a truck. Yeah, that will get them out of their situation. Uh, so, the tin man went at once to the trees and began to work. And he soon made a truck. He soon made a truck out of the tree, out of the, the limbs of the tree. From which he chopped away all the leaves and branches. He fastened it together with wooden pegs and made four wheels out of short pieces of big tree trunk. So fast and so well did he work that by the time the mice began to arrive, the truck was all ready for them. Like, did this, did this happen? They came from all directions, and there were thousands of them. Big mice and little mice and middle-sized mice. That, that sounds about all the mice. How detailed are we going to get here? And each one brought a piece of string in his mouth. It was about that time that Dorothy woke up from her sleep and opened her eyes. She was astonished to find herself lying upon the grass, with thousands of mice standing around and looking at her timidly. But the scarecrow told her about everything, and turning to the dignified little mouse, he said, Permit me to introduce you to Her Majesty, the Queen. <laughs> Excuse me. Dorothy nodded gravely and gave the queen. <laughs> Dorothy nodded gravely and the queen made a curtsy, after which she became quite friendly with the little girl. The scarecrow 
and the woodman now began to fasten the mice to the truck. What? Using strings they had brought. One end of the string was tied around the neck of each mouse, and the other to the end of the truck. Of course, the truck was a thousand times bigger than any of the mice who were able to draw it. But when all the mice had been harnessed, they were able to pull it quite easily. Even the scarecrow and the tin woodman could sit in it, and were drawn swiftly by their queer little horses to the place where the lion lay asleep. Um, if anyone listening is a physics expert, uh, could you call in? Um, you go to anchor.fm slash lizarding. You can leave a voicemail and kind of ex- explain how this works. Because I, I, I don't get it. After a great deal of hard work, for the lion was heavy, they managed to get him up on the truck. The, the mice did. Then the queen hurriedly gave her people the order to start, for she feared if the mice stayed along the poppies too long, they would soon fall asleep. At first, the little creatures, many though they were, could hardly stir the heavily loaded truck. But the woodman and the scarecrow both pushed from behind, and they got along better. So they rolled the lion out of the poppy bed onto the green fields, where he could breathe the sweet, fresh air again, instead of the poisonous scent of the flowers. Dorothy came to meet them and thanked the little mice warmly for saving her companion from death. No credit, no credit given to the medium-sized mice, I see. She had grown so fond of the big lion, she was glad he had been rescued. Then the mice were unharnessed from the truck and scampered away through the grass to their homes. The queen of the mice was the last to leave. Sure. Alright, this isn't very conducive to the lizard. If you ever do this again, she said, come out into the field and call and we shall hear you and come to your assistance. Goodbye! Goodbye. They all answered, and away the queen ran, while Dorothy held Toto tightly, lest he should run after her and frighten her. After this, they sat down beside the lion until he should awaken, and the scarecrow brought Dorothy some fruit from a tree nearby, which she ate for her dinner. Oh.